Thinking aloud. Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. And I'm Jeffrey Mishlove's alter ego. Our topic today is George Carlin, Cynicism and the Afterlife. That's probably the strangest topic that has ever been listed for an in presence video. How'd you come up with that? I suppose it all started not long ago when we held a live stream event. And I have moderators who help because I'm with the guest. Uh, we're on Zoom and the Zoom signals being uh, transferred over to YouTube. The YouTube chat screen is flowing fast and furious. And uh, on this particular occasion, a number of the live stream viewers were posting nasty comments about my guests. I don't recall what they were. In fact, the moderators select the best comments and send them to me on a separate document so I didn't even see them. But what the moderators did in that circumstance is they put those particular trolls, as they were called, on time out, which meant they had to wait maybe a minute, maybe as long as three minutes before they were allowed to post again on, on the chat. Well, this led to a situation where we began to reevaluate our policy with regard to comments on the chat section, especially the live stream videos, because it seemed to me we want to create a positive tone. And so we developed a policy, which is actually a long standing policy for various email lists that, that I have run in the past, for example, for the nonprofit organization, the Intuition Network that I managed. And that policy is quite simple. Treat all people with courtesy and respect at all times. And I think over the decades that I was responsible for email groups of, of this sort, maybe on two or three occasions, did I ever have to banish people because they uh, couldn't accept that policy. And typically, it was over politics where people tend to be nasty with each other. Now, at one time, actually going back several years, I tried to enforce a similar policy in the comments section on the New Thinking Aloud YouTube comments. And I even posted an in-presence monologue. And I'm going to link to it right now. You can see it on the right upper right-hand corner of your screen, an early monologue in which I went through comments that I had deleted and tried to explain why. The irony is that not long after I posted that particular monologue and I felt pretty secure and, and smug, I did an interview with a, a fellow named Craig Weiler who talked about the internet and parapsychology on the internet and how when some 
for example, TED Talks, like Russell Targ's famous TED Talk, get when these TED Talks get banned, Russell Targ and Rupert Sheldrake, they become even more popular. And uh, Craig Weiler said, no, the, you shouldn't ban comments just because they're nasty or you disagree with them. What you need to do is leave them there. People are intelligent. They can make up their own minds. You can allow these things. And so, I, without notifying people, I basically changed my attitude. And at that time, I, I just began leaving almost every comment up on the comments section, except for some that were extremely derogatory or racist. I would remove those. I mean, on one occasion, I even banished a person for uh, posting anti-Semitic comments uh, for about a year or so. But that aside, I decided to keep the comments. And if I didn't like a comment, I would simply say uh, a thumbs down on it. I dislike it. I would post a dislike, it, but I left all the comments there. And so fine. Uh, but I realized this, the issue was still alive. How do we address nastiness on the comment section? How do we create an environment in the comment section where people feel safe and secure? So, we began just recently posting an announcement at the top of each comment section saying, please treat everybody with courtesy and please limit your comments to the topic at hand. I might mention parenthetically, there's a whole group of people I'm trying to ban because these are commercial posters for some sort of cryptocurrency people who are trying to promote their business of giving people advice trading cryptocurrency and they're very sneaky and insidious about it. Somebody posts a comment completely unrelated to the topic at hand about cryptocurrency and then they get, I don't know, a dozen of their colleagues to say, oh yes, Mr. Smith, he is the best advisor for cryptocurrency and here's his email address, here's his phone, you got to contact him. I'm made so much money with this guy. I'm doing my best to make sure that the people who post like that get completely blocked from new thinking aloud. Even in the one discussion we posted with Dan Smith about cryptocurrency, it's, it's our comment section is obviously not a place for promotion of, of a uh, suspicious and a commercial nature. There's something else I ought to say. You know, people often think of me as, as a person who has no tolerance whatsoever for conspiracy theories. In fact, I saw recently on uh, the Skeptico.com YouTube channel, I, I was specifically called out and criticized for being a, a person antagonistic to the pandemic conspiracy, the conspiracy that maintains that the COVID pandemic isn't real at all, that it's a, a conspiracy of elites in order to make people afraid and to get people to give up their freedom. I might just say right at the outset, so, and, and I've said it in the past, in fact, I'm going to once again know on this side of the screen, I'm going to link to it a discussion about the media and how my first cousin, Steve Roberts, worked for the New York Times his entire career. 
And uh, he uh, and I have had conversations about the high journalistic standards of the mainstream media that you just don't find in the alternative media. So if I ever have to choose between the mainstream media and the alternative media, almost always I'm going to go with the mainstream media. It's more trustworthy. And that's even ironic for me to say as a parapsychologist because I know that the mainstream media gives short shrift to my special field of parapsychology and because there's a materialistic bias in the culture as a whole. And they almost can never talk about parapsychology without putting in something snide and cynical. You may be asking at this point in time, what does any of this have to do with George Carlin and the afterlife? Good question, huh? As a child of the 60s and 70s, I am not unfamiliar with cynicism. I grew up in an era of cynicism. When I was in my 20s as a college student, a very popular saying across college campuses throughout the United States was never trust anyone over 30. This was the Vietnam War era. We were watching our own government murder. I think a million Vietnamese dropped napalm on, on them. It seemed sick. It seemed totally immoral. There was a huge wave of what you would have to call social alienation in that era, and I was certainly part of it. I recall at one time when I first came to Berkeley, I gave up sugar. I was convinced that sugar is a poison and that the mainstream culture was poisoning everybody with sugar. So I understand alienation. I understand the distrust of the mainstream. I understand cynicism. I was part of it. This is where George Carlin comes in because at the time when we first launched the original Thinking Aloud series on public television and we were beginning to be uh, known and uh, we were producing videotapes in the mid-1980s now, I'm, I'm talking about, we actually arranged for a full-page ad promoting the Thinking Aloud videotapes in a publication published by Paul Krasner uh, called The Realist. It was a publication full of social criticism, humor, and commentary. And among the people who I interviewed and hung out with in those days were people like Robert Anton Wilson. And we interviewed, for example, Michael Rossman, who wrote a book called The New Age Blues, very critical of New Age culture. And my first encounter with George Carlin, and I'll admit it was a direct, indirect, it was an indirect encounter, is that he ordered the complete set of, I think, 20 videotapes. It was like a $1,200 order at, at the time. One of our biggest orders from a, a private individual was George Carlin. He was very interested in the thinking aloud videotapes. Even though he's a professed atheist, he didn't believe in God, but George Carlin said something's going on out there. There is some sort of an intelligence to the universe, even though we may never understand it.
It's not as if I spend a lot of time thinking about George Carlin, but as I was mentioning earlier, we had recently begun posting this little notice on the top of the comments section of recent videos saying, please be courteous at all times to all participants and keep your comments on topic with regard to the videos. And well, I happened to be just a couple of nights ago surfing through the internet and I came upon a George Carlin video called People I Would Like to Kill. And it was funny. It was hilarious. George Carlin was talking about, uh, in a very humorous way, but very graphic about the terrible things he'd like to see happen to these people. They should be bashed over the head with railroad ties and the like, or be have their genitals infected and <laughs> different things of that sort. But who are the people he would like to kill? People who pay for inexpensive items using their credit card. People who buy self-help books. People who wear visors instead of hats. People who put bumper stickers on their cars that say they are the proud parents of an honor student at such and such a school. Good old boys who like to say, my daddy used to say, my daddy, my daddy. People who make a gesture like this to let you know that they're having a conversation on the telephone. People who carry their babies in, in, in slings. Well, this was hilarious, and it made me realize that George Carlin's brand of humor serves an important function. The man was the epitome of a curmudgeon. And, of course, everything he had to say was funny because there was nothing particularly hateful about any of these people, but he made it seem as if they're the most evil people on earth. What's this all about? It has to do with the human shadow. We laugh at George Carlin's humor, at his curmudgeonly humor. And let's face it, the man was a self-admitted addict. He had enormous personal problems, and many comedians do. But we laugh at them because they are able to help us laugh at ourselves, to laugh at our own darker impulses. George Carlin, when he says, I want to kill this person, we know that there are moments when we've felt that way. Although we know as proper civilized citizens, it's, it's not right. And, and we normally suppress those feelings, but to have a comedian on stage give voice to them gives us an opportunity to laugh at our own foibles, and it's a very healthy thing. It's a good thing. Now, what does this have to do with new thinking aloud and our standards? It has to do with this. Should we allow people to be negative. I've had a lot of people <laughs> post comments saying, why is he always smiling? Why is he always laughing? Why does he seem so happy? One commenter recently said, it's inappropriate. <laughs> I laugh and I'm happy because I have one of the most joyful lives of anybody I've ever known. It's a blessing to be me. I will say, at least up until now, and it just keeps getting better the older that I get.
So naturally, I'm happy. And besides which, being a student of, of metaphysics, I have a, a bead on what Stan Groff called the cosmic game. That there's a sense in which one can hold, it's not the only perspective that we hold, but in spite of all the human tragedy and suffering, and of course, it's enormous, and I'm not denying it all, but at another level, it's a game. At another level, we are eternal beings. At another level, we have a consciousness that survives death itself. At another level, we can experience pain without suffering. Now, these are truths that are deeply metaphysical, and they seem totally antagonistic to conventional reality. And of course, many viewers are embedded in conventional reality, as I am for most of the day. When this conversation comes up, people often say, how can you say that? What about the people who were killed in the Holocaust? Well, I had somebody recently say that it never happened. You have all of that. And the, the point I'm trying to make here, let me come around to the point, is that I want this particular video, this particular discussion that we're having right now to be the place where the rules that apply to the comment section, and I'm going to apply them to every other video from this point forward, which is always treat every other participant with courtesy and respect. Those rules don't apply to this video. If you feel a need to vent, if you feel a need to be nasty, if you want to criticize somebody because they're a stupid fucking asshole or whatever else you want to call them, do it here. This will be the place for it. But. Anywhere else, if you do it on our comment section, it's likely to be deleted. And if you go overboard, you might even be permanently banned from the channel. That's the uh, privilege that we have as YouTube content creators. And I should make one other point. It's a point that I didn't understand when I was a young person, uh, thinking to myself, never trust anyone over 30. But it's something that I've come to learn over the years, and I want to be very clear about it. Actually, I had commenters who have expressed it to me. I hear from viewers occasionally, and they apologize. They say, I posted a negative comment, and I'm so sorry I did it. I was feeling bad about myself, and I took it out on you. Well, you know, here's the truth. And I regard this as a bedrock truth. Anytime anybody belittles another sacred human being, it is simply because they are projecting their own self-hatred out into another person. And I believe that is 100% true. 100%. It doesn't mean, of course, that you can't criticize another human being, but your criticisms can be constructive. Instead of saying you're a stupid asshole, you can say something like, if you looked at it a little differently, you might see it thusly, or you might change your behavior in such and such a way and find that it's more effective. 
That's a way to help people along because you see, at base, at the level of the ground of being, the very ground of being, we are all one. We all partake of that same ground of being. Some people call it source. Some people call it God. I like to call it the ground of being. We are one at that level, which means I'm just another version of yourself and you are just another version of me. And at that level, we are all sacred beings. We are all pure. We are all holy at that level, at that level. <laughs> That's the level at which psychic phenomenon and spiritual awareness spring from. Well, from which they spring, not at which. In any case, my point is simply, if you feel the need to vent about something, look at yourself. If you think that one of the guests on this program is stupid, couldn't you possibly be projecting? If you think that one of the guests on this program is a total phony, could you possibly be projecting? And if you think you can express your criticisms in a constructive way, you're welcome to post them in the comments section. We uh, enjoy this is thinking aloud after all, and, and constructive criticism is a form of thinking that is welcome here. But if you feel the need to vent just because you're in a George Carlin kind of mood, do it right here in the comments section for this very video. And with that thought, thank you for being with me. And thank you for being with me too.